back. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> I said, welcome back. You want? You find up for it today. You know what? You find up. You're here. You're here. You're here. Um. We're back. Um, the fourth got a little longer than expected, and life. Yeah. Life. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. It happens to the worst of us. But here we are. And um, welcome to Common Sense 100. Welcome to Stop Acting Like Entanglement is Something Fantastic 304. Um, welcome to How to Get into Set Entanglement 305. Oh my God. Welcome to Just Drop It, but we will get to that later. 602. Um, five. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to um, a little bitly of a show mm-hmm. where we pose a question every week, and um, this week happens to be possibly, positively no different. Um, I asked a question, and I promise you I never get to answer to it. Talk who raised you most? Um, a spotlight. Um, a spotlight on your short tunnels. <laughs> um, my name is August Alcina, NBA. Wow. Mhm. Wow. Mhm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm Polly Polly Yes, and welcome to Entanglement. No. <laughs> no. But no. we will get to that momentarily about. Getting untangled. Um, we're not alone this week. No, we're not. We're never really. It's very rare. They told us that we're alone. Mm-hmm. And this week, no different. Um, I wanted this week to be a spotlight on um on people and wanting to be untangled. <laughs> so we have a guest. Yeah. Now on this lovely Jitly of the show. We don't introduce our guests. I guess introduce themselves. Sir. Hello? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here. Introduce themselves. <laughs> um, my name is Henry. Um, I am an erotic curator. Um, I am the Beyonce of Bottoms, and um, I'm that bitch. <laughs> also, I'm a sex columnist for Souls.LGBT and... I currently also just started a podcast called Every Inch Matters that focuses on body positivity in black LGBTQ spaces. Yes. That is right now. And Henry is here. Welcome. Hi, Henry. You know, Hi. I own um, On this show, I'm the mother, the auntie, the sister <laughs> <laughs> of all bottoms. Okay. Mother bottoms. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the one and only. Listen, bottom lines matter. <laughs> they do. Right. Right, that part. No, no let's just say black black bottom lines. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> we don't know them other hoes. Um so it's time for us to get into the nitty and gritty. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um this week, I'm going to just go ahead and say it's going on because instead of being stuck in the toilet, half of y'all are locked in bathroom, oh, no. um, in bedroom, and trying to get untangled. And here we are. Um, 
I'm actually going to hold my entanglement conversation for later because we're going to tie it into the good old thread at late, later on in the show. It's going to happen. We're going to get entangled later on. Um, so I wanted to have a bit of Rona news before we get started. Um, please, God, for the love of God, people, let's, let's get rid of this thing. Let's work as a team. This is like a group assignment with adults that don't want to do their share because they're now tired and it's, it's deeper than us. Please wear a mask. Um, whatever you do, half of y'all like to, you know, record yourselves and act. You wear a mask then. I'm trying to understand what's the problem now. Um, well, that was real shit. I just realized what you just said. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Oh. Um, apparently, in Atlanta, the the party has not stopped. No, Corona. Corona, they have today reported 15-plus thousand cases in one day. They broke the record. Oh. You said 16-plus thousand? 15-plus thousand. Oh, they definitely in New York. They're they beating New York right now. They're beating New York right now. Mind you, their mayor, Keisha Lace Bottom. Right. Irony. She has um, put out um, within, like, the past few weeks that she tests positive for COVID-19. However, she's asymptomatic. So she didn't really exude the symptoms. If she didn't just randomly decide to get the test, she would have never knew. Now, of course, now the um, recommendation, not a recommendation, it's mandatory, excuse me, that you have to wear your mask in the city of Atlanta, which consists of a bunch of towns and counties. But the thing that kills me is I believe the governor got on Twitter and bashed the hell out of her for it because she said basically she's one of the people that's not taking it serious. But did you see um, there was um, something in the Washington Post on the 20th of June about CDC coronavirus test kits that were likely contaminated? No, I didn't. Yeah. And it's crazy that this came up. Like, I had, like, a crazy dream about actual tests already having the coronavirus on them, and I woke up to this uh, well, shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how we gonna get through this because if it's too many people that are not on board, there are too many people that are like huh, just doing whatever. These states that are just reopening and everybody's going crazy, like nothing else is happening. I don't, I don't get it because we're not done. And it's, I, it's not gone. It hasn't gone anywhere. Not to mention, can we also get to the fact that why am I seeing full blown pools inside of? In compound, why am I seeing an actual indoor pool inside a compound? Like Corona does not exist, but she's not out here dipping CIIN through all of our immune systems and lungs. I need to understand why this is happening. Why is it allowed to happen? Hmm. In one of the biggest states right now with COVID nineteen, dealing with COVID nineteen, I need to understand this. I won't get it. I don't understand it. Hmm. But that's neither here nor there at this point. Actually, I think it was a state. I'm trying to think of the state right now. No, it is Atlanta. Atlanta scaled back to phase one. 
they had no choice. Um, also, it shows, this was from a few days ago, that uh, Miami-Dade County Mayor to sign emergency order closing uh, short-term rentals with car rentals. Um, Jen's party venues and restaurants, except for takeout and delivery, the order which went to effect on Wednesday comes as um, cases surge in Florida. Now, it looks like how long we going to Georgia and Florida no time and it's so bad. I was supposed to be in Florida. Um, actually, wait, where am I looking at my calendar? I was supposed to be in Florida. Oh, I was supposed to be in Florida um, this Thursday, but mm-hmm. we canceled the trip. And like, we just we just booked it in like June. We were like, oh, COVID is slowing down. We all can go on vacation. Let's go down to Florida. And we ended up canceling the trip because the cases started to rise. And some of the guys were afraid of going because of COVID-19. But they're, they also have states like Georgia and Texas where, like, you know, you girls are already in an epicenter anyway. I'm in New York. So if anybody should be concerned about going, it should be me. Mm-hmm. But um, we ended up canceling the trip. But, like, I'm glad we really canceled because, like, 15,000 cases is, like, crazy. But they all going to die down there anyway. So... <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, it's just natural selection at this point. I'm not like trying to argue with people about the common sense of using masks or what they're for. If you if you girls want to die, and like like how like like how like problematic can I be on here? Like, what can I like not say? Can I not curse? I'm going to say this. White folks, if y'all want to do us a favor and go ahead and get that COVID-19 so we can get this election done the right way, um, (laughs) I'm more than implore you to go outside without a mask. Um, Don't do gloves. Um, Y'all don't know how to bathe anyway because your your history doesn't show y'all. Most brown and black folks told y'all how to bathe. So go ahead and do what you are programmed to do. Um, spread pestilence, spread disease, and go ahead and take care of yourself. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. Um, maybe not another forty years because I'm I'm smart. And um, but white folks, please do your due diligence. Do shit during the colonial time. Spread disease. Update. I'm taking them back to their roots. Oh my gosh. Fear white, other black folks. You know, black folks is crazy. Ooh, black folks is crazy. So go ahead, just own me around your own people. Go ahead, kill each other. So we get this election done the right way. Because I really don't have time right now for this shit. And let and let and let me keep this agenda going of changing this country to a minority majority country. And I would like to thank COVID nineteen. Um, I want like to thank Jesus Christ and viewers like us for, for doing their job and. You know, PBS, thank you again. Um, Sesame Street. And um, I would also like to thank um, the Pussycat Dolls. Because <laughs> how can you not thank the Pussycat Dolls? They ruin everything. And uh, I think what's going on right now is great. And I'm here for natural selection. I'd like to thank Charles Darwin for telling us about this. And um, it's, what I think, I think this is great. White folks, do what y'all do best. Be white. I mean, those Karens who Karen, hey. One of them will get in trouble for talking about white genocide, but whatever. The mm-hmm. fact that we can actually say there's now a Karen act. Oh, that <laughs> me. And I was very pleased. That there is a Karen act 
I forget the state. It's like it's a Karen act that went to a set that actually made false uh, racially charged nine one one calls illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually called the Karen. Instead of the K, it's the C, the yeah. Karen Act. In San Francisco. <laughs> in San Francisco of all places. Right. <laughs> of all places. Well damn. Well, well, damn. Well, in the words of Leslie, uh, uh, Leslie Jordan, well, shit. Right. I think well, Leslie Jordan made a move when he said that shit to me. When he said, well, shit, I think I haven't felt something so much in my life in so long. It's <laughs> a stage where he said, well, shit. Right. Uh, so, and as we move on, um, another serious matter. Well, two more. Um, we're going to get into it so we can get to lighter things. First things first, um, prayers up for Naya Rivera family. Um, oh, as okay. if you guys have not been paying attention, she went missing. As she went missing from a boat that she had went on to a lake with her son. Like, she put him back onto the boat, and then she just vanished. Now, they originally announced when they first put it out there, what was going on, they presumed that basically she's dead. Mm-hmm. Now, for some odd reason, like, they actually pulled up technology to search the bottom of the actual lake now, and you can search into the camp houses, I believe, or the lake houses, excuse me. Okay. That's around the lake okay. to check to see if they can find her. But this is really mysterious. And she has a young son. Yeah, this whole situation is really odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that they find her. I'm hoping that she's still alive. But just the way that it all happened is just, it's some movie type shit. Like, I, I, it's just strange. Okay. I don't know what happened, and I'm hoping that she's all right. I'm hoping that they find her, but that's my stuff. My heart felt to God, Mario, if you didn't know. He actually let the world know that that was his first. Oh. Yeah, his, like, first love, first uh, intimacy, first everything. Okay. So I'm like, wow. And he basically professed that he still loves her. Okay, so go off that. Um, and last but not last, before we move on to lighter things, um, with the situation with Pop Smoke, they actually made five arrests: three adults, two juveniles. For his murder? Yes. And uh, they put out the name. Oh wow! Yes, they made they made five arrests. So now we're going to see exactly how this all plays out um, when it goes to trial. All those good things. I'm just going to, uh, like, just basically glance over that lightly. Um, I said we're going to move on to lighter things. So let's get into it. I'm kind of glad that Henry's here for this topic because I've been holding on to it. I've been holding on to it because, you know, Around here, in mm-hmm. the, on this platform, this this microphone, we have a genuine, genuine love and support mm-hmm. and admiration, bitch, mm-hmm. for the incomparable Jill Scott. Hold on. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I love Jill Scott, but I I I'm just thinking about that that tweet. But go ahead. <laughs> That's exactly what it is too. So. <laughs> Um, 
Kyle, I don't even want to pronounce his last name because I know I'm going to suck it up in the time. Um, he put out a tweet, and this happened, I want to say, for the end of last week. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm trying, um, he said he tried to explain his tweet. He said in his tweet, he's trying to figure out why, how, why he can find Jill Scott attractive. Or how can they find her attractive? Exactly what he said. How can they find Jill Scott attractive? Sir. Okay, so let's do a couple of, cause, because I saw her getting traffic on Twitter and I was trying to figure out where it's all coming from. That tweet. First of all, let's get a couple of things out of the way. Is he a man of color? Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, sadly. I mean, but are we really shocked? No, we're no, not. not. And that's the bad part. That's the bad part. Okay, so here we are in this place again. Because didn't we just come off of the heels of something like this with Ari Lennox and who else was up to talk about? Ari Lennox and... I forget his name right now. But he was talking about Ari and somebody. He was a random guy. And Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So here we are again. We are here. With you blockheads questioning the beauty of obviously beautiful black women. How can you not find Jill Scott attractive? My gay ass, okay, realizes how beautiful Jill Scott is. Jill Scott smiles at people and you fucking melt. What is it? I don't. Is it crack? What is it? I don't understand. A little tune. How do we get here? Like, what? What? What do you think we be doing in, in your bedroom at night on Twitter? Like, you come up with this random shit. Do you do it for clout? Like, what is the problem? They do it for the traffic. They do it to, for the vibe. I ain't gonna do it. Um, I refuse to sit here. I love how that phobia is just so translucent. When it comes to women like Jill Scott, women like Lizzo, how they feel as if they should be presenting. First of all, Jill Scott has never, like, Lizzo's more free with her body than Jill Scott was at that time, especially. So she gave you covered up. She gave you sensual. She gave you these things. And yet, and this, all this was great in class, and yet you still question her womanhood and let alone her sexuality. I'm really need to understand her. You question her sexuality too? No, meaning in a way of how can you find me attractive? Mm-hmm. How, how can you, that's like basically questioning a sexual being. So she's supposed to be in the corner crying tears while eating a, a hamburger. I need to understand her. I, I, I don't, it's so ghetto here. It's so ghetto. It's got a Henry. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, obviously, clearly, it, it is it is a dumb remark. Um, I don't know how you cannot think that Jill Scott is not beautiful. Like, and and the, and the thing that makes it even so weird to me is just like, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a fat person. I am five seven, 180 pounds. Um, I have gained my quarantine fifteen very clearly, um, and I'm okay with that because my ass is fatter. Um, but, uh, okay. but I find it really weird of all these black men that hate fat women when they mamas and they big mamas and and they aunties are all like, big girls. Like, do you hate your mama? Like, like, what's your mama do to you? Like, now, now, now and now, your mama was precious, mama. Then I understand. Feel the way you feel. But I don't, I don't understand where the fat phobia comes from. Like, 
my my I come from a family of big women, and mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to be around. I'm I'm more. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm more passively and innately inclined to be around a big girl than I'm around to be around a skinny girl. What? Listen. That's just period. Um, Listen. I don't know what it is about big women that I love, like, secretly, because, you know, I like me good old penis. Nothing about, nothing about the, the badge excites me. Um, <laughs> but I I don't, I just don't, I don't, and, 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 and you know what I mean, it's always so baffling to me. It's not that Jill Scott was in, the, was, was in the lexicon at the time or we were talking about Jill or Jill was a type of conversation. You just thought for some reason, let's just talk about Jill Scott. Like, your Twitter fingers was like, hey, niece, let's talk about Jill Scott. Well, what? Right. I, I never like I never understand, and that's why misogyny is so weird to me. It's like, mm. wait, like, are you bored? Like, you not getting no pussy, bro? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, look, look, I'm I'm, I'm a whore about her prayer cloth, okay? So, <laughs> as much hoeing and shit that I do, I don't have time to worry about what anybody else is doing. Like, mm-hmm. pussy, bro, get a hobby, do something, write right. a book, like. I, I just read a book. I don't get people, I, and I think, and I had a discussion with a friend yesterday because um, there was a topic on Twitter yesterday around um, fit privilege and pretty privilege, and all these things started to come up. I'm just at this wall as a person who's been fit, who's been very thin. Like so, like I, I, I'm five seven once again, but I've been one twenty five. I've been 135, I've been 145, I've been 160 in fit, I've been 160 in regular, I've been 155 in regular, I have now gotten up to 180, and I'm, like, kind of thickish. So, like, my body has ran different parameters, but I'm just really tired of everyone, regardless of their fat, skinny, or whatever, or fit, constantly talking about everybody else's body. Like, my mm-hmm. if they're not fucking you, feeding you, or financing you, please mind your business. Don't worry about this person's body, what they doing with their body. You worry about your body. What is your body doing? Are you regular? Did you uh, eat today? Did you moisturize? Don't, if if you listen to Ash, or you got ash between your um your, your your knuckles, please mind your business. Please mind your business. And you most most heterosexual men got ash between their knuckles. So I know you have other stuff to do. Go moisturize your hands, baby. Go go clip those black toenails that look like roach wings. Go take <laughs> Stop talking about Jill Scott. Stop talking about Tiana Taylor. Stop talking about Ari Lennox. These ladies are minding their business. Which makes and, and if you're not bankrolled enough either, my nigga, to really be saying anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Top lip, meet your bottom lip. Let's let's get them together so you can shut the fuck up. Like, right, it's just that simple. It's so easy to mind your business. Wait, wait, let me let me show you real quick. Wait, wait. See that? I was minding my business. You see that? It's just that easy. A whole mess. Well, oh. Can we talk Can we talk about the cone in the world? Can we get there? Um so apparently Terry Cruz has found his way back into the mirror. Oh. oh god. I want him to go away. That see that can't happen. Why not? That can't happen. Natural selection of Terry Crews. Can he be one? Can well, we just pick him off, throw him away? Um, unfortunately, the media loves him and his not so positive feedback. 
They love him. Okay. They, they, that's what I was told, that they love him. Okay. And now, here we are, talking about him. Getting a whole segment. A whole segment on what? Um, clarifying his speech on Black Lives Matter. No. 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 I think we're bounding no. No. I'll, I'll say no. No. I'll say it in Spanish. No. I'll say it in French. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, I'll say for my homies in German, in German with the uncut penises, nine for a line. Nine. Exactly. Nine. Nine. <laughs> like, come on, yo. The sweet reads as follows. If you're a child of God, you're my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed, and ideology. We must endure Black Lives Matter doesn't warp into Black Lives Better. What does that mean? Gary, <laughs> do a push-up or something. Like, go get some... Oh, my God. I think, I think I it's think, too many push-ups. I think it's too much creatine. I think it's too much... I think, I think steroids shot got to brain something because I'm tired of it. I think, when you get to, I think when you get to the point that black people need to understand it, just because we're black that does not mean we understand the complexities of race. It does mm-hmm. not mean that anymore. Just because you're dark-skinned, Terry, does not mean you understand the complexities of race. You may understand colorism, you may understand your experience, but the levels of racism are very, very loaded and very different. So when you are sitting here doing all this extra wild shit, with your, like, very, like, alabaster wife. I don't know what she is. Yes, um, alabaster wife. Whatever she is. Um, 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 great value, Tina Marie. Um, great you, value, Tina, Tina Marie. Marie. Bitch, slap it on the shirt and call it her. Sweet, uh, Y'all invited the wrong person on your show today. What <laughs> <laughs> I need this Great value, Tina Marie. Goddamn. Um... When y'all figure that out, then we have a conversation with Terry, but I need you to stop me. I need, I need you to stop and just go ahead and find a corner. Just keep it. Like, I, I don't understand. And the, and the thing, I think the thing that I say to you all the time is that I find that people without compassion or perspective are dangerous. And I understand that Terry feels ever Terry feels. Everybody's entitled to your feelings, feeling, to their feelings. But what I get lost is where people feel like they have to profess these large feelings to an audience of people who, one, don't have the emotional intelligence, the emotional fortitude, the willingness to educate themselves, and they have privilege as well. So you saying this to a room full of white folks is basically giving them the room to say, like, yes, a black person said it. So all all you Negroes is wrong. All y'all's is wrong. Y'all trying to be better than us. How can we be better than y'all if we're only 13% of the population? Because, like, for real, for real, there really was a racial uprising. We are outnumbered pretty much. Yes. So it's like I'm not understanding, like, how we could ever be better than better than white folks. Like, not even on, on, like, on a wages level, we're better than them. Like, we don't even have the legacy of wealth to even be better than them. And that, and that is thing. Now, yes. We are better looking, our sex is better, and we are better athletes, and we are better business owners, and we are better at everything than them. Yes, that is true. But, but like, if it comes down to, like, just the facts of, like, true equality, when have we ever been better than, than, than white folks? Like, when, when, and, and I say better as far as, like, access, wealth. Like, when have we ever been better? Like, the only thing we've, like, we probably legitimately got y'all beat is that, like, we're more resistant to um, skin cancer, but... Even then, that's still subjective. 
Could we have to ask another way if I can touch screen? So I don't know about the rest mm-hmm. of But I don't understand where Terry thought that was okay. Like, it's just it's just inexcusable. Like, stop saying shit. And I, and I think, like, we're in the middle of a really trying time. It's not like the world is still moving and rotating. Like, we're literally sitting all in our homes doing these things, and everybody's sitting still. So everybody's either listening or, or listening somehow adjacent to someone else. So somebody's going to hear this. So I'm just like, why are you think like, what are you gaining from this? What are you gaining from this? Like, what are you gaining from this? And it's so bad because I really want to root for Terry Crews on a lot of levels, but it's just like, it, I'm just really getting really fucking tired of these fucking coonberries out here who keep <laughs> off the motherfucking branch to say shit about something that they have no expertise on. Your job is titty popping me. That is your job. I'm going to ask if y'all get Terry Crews on the line, I need to pop my titties. I need to pop these titties. I ain't going to ask Terry about racial injustice. I'm not going to ask Terry about redlining. I'm not going to ask Terry about the Skiki Airmen. I'm not going to ask Terry about eugenics. I'm not going to ask Terry about reconstruction. I'm not going to ask... Um, um, Terry about the um the war on drugs. I'm not gonna ask Terry about any of those things. I'm not gonna ask Terry about the crime bill. I'm not gonna ask um Terry about Donald Trump. I'm not gonna ask about anything that is that involving race. So guess what, Terry? That is not your expertise. Now, if I need me a soliloquy or a motherfucking um uh, a motherfucking uh, titty pop, then I talk to you, niece. But you need, you need to go ahead and, and, and sit, and sit oh, down with your sharp face somewhere else and keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Focus on Great Value Tina Marie. Focus on her and her edges. Because clearly, her hairline tastes like a you. And we're all tired. We're all tired. Your girl, like, you and your girl are running, running a neck and neck brace. So who has to get to the hair, sit back of their neck first? Because both of y'all look crazy. But that's another mm. situation. That's just me being from D.C. and me joning on people. That's just what I do because I'm from D.C. But at the end of the day, I see Terry just like, you know, just, just like, you know, shut to the up. Like, thank mm. So, I think I have one more topic before we get into um, the gate of the episode. Um, Let me see here. Uh, Social media calls for cancelization of Gloria Food Products after the CEO praises Donald Trump. <laughs> this man, hold on, wait. The CEO this is exactly the expert from what he says. We are all truly blessed to have a leader like Donald Trump, who is a builder. Love your adobo, girl. But it's a wrap. That taco was fire. But it's a wrap. It's it's a dub. It's a wrap. It's, it's a dub. Building what? Building what? Wall? I'm sorry, the wall that's not even halfway built. Don't you represent most of the Latin community as an actual seasoning that's in the mo- majority of our homes? I need to understand it. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm so confused. I don't understand. I will never get it. I'm so confused. That'll make more sense. How do I, have- I, I, I understand it. I understand How- it. Because he's an Anglo, he's an Anglo Latino. I understand it. That is exactly why. Yeah. He's an Anglo Latino. That's it. can be no other reason why. He's an Anglo Latino. There can be no other reason why. Because like, and this is why like, 
Hispanic people make me nervous. They make, they make they make me extremely nervous because at the depth of things that are going on right now in the Latin the Latino Latinx community um, with ICE and different things like that. And a little story: um, when I first moved to Brooklyn, I lived in Crown Heights. Um, on Pacific and Rockaway, and um, I was letting a, letting a date over the house. It was like 2, 3 in the morning, you no know, pussy's hungry all out of the day. It doesn't matter. She's like 7-Eleven. She's open 24-7. And <laughs> I, let a, I, I let a dude into my house, and I let the dude in. As soon as I shut the door, somebody bum-rushed my door. And I was like, what is going on? Yay. So then he, I get a little paranoid, and I go upstairs, go upstairs to my apartment I'm on the second floor and look out the window, there are like five unmarked niggas in the motherfucking street. Five un- uh, unmarked white folks in the street. No no cop car, no nothing. It's an unmarked vehicle, I don't know what's going on, but they all in all black. And and that wow. I ain't know what's going on. So then I proceed to look out the window and they shine a light on me. It's like, can you just open the door for us? And I was like, No. Are you serious? So the next day goes by, I go to the local police station. I'm like, hi, I'm, I, I live at this address, and I'm told this is my this is my local police precinct or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know you probably can't tell me explicit details, but were you guys located on, on Pacific and Rockaway last night? Mm-hmm. And he's like, to my knowledge, not that I know of. I was like, so why would you be there while we try to bum rush into our apartment building? He was like, I really don't know. Like, whoever was at the desk, I can't remember the person's name. But mm-hmm. he suggested that he was like, he said, one of two things. He was like, is there any drugs or anything weird coming out of your out of your building? He said, they're just trying, just, just like, just trying to get information out of me. And I mm-hmm. was like, not that I know of, there's just a bunch of families in there besides me and my roommates who were all millennials. And um, mm-hmm. he's like, well, he's like, well, what kind of tenants do you have? And I was like, I think there's a Muslim family and a Spanish family. He's like, do you know that immigrants are not immigrants? And I was like, I don't know. And so he's like, he said, there's a possibility not saying, because this has nothing to do with us, if there was something drug-related going on, because Crown Heights is known for drugs and sex trafficking, if it wasn't that, it could have been they were ICE agents trying to get in. Because usually ICE agents do those kind of stunts. And they mistake them for us. So, with that being said, in my firsthand possible experience with ICE agents, that you would think that the Latino community would understand that we all need to align on some kind of level. Mm-hmm. Morally, there's some things that people can't manage, like homosexuality and different things like that. I you have to get over that. Right. At some point, we need to get over that. But, I, but, but right now, common sense ain't common. Hmm. And doing the right no. thing in the United States ain't what people want to do. So it's, it's, it's an uphill battle anyway. But in days, it's like, I think that, like, you sit here aligning with a man who has purposely gone out his way. He puts your people in, concentr- in concentration camp, and you, know, and you give him salutations and, 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 and positive, kind words. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, the, what is the Spanish word for coon? We got to work on that. That is actually good. That part, please. I would hate to see someone align with someone like that based off of, like, that kind of behavior. And and the thing that's always so baffling to me is, like, as much as we are 
Latino immigrants, I'm not sure what we are, we came here through colonialism. A lot of Hispanic culture is a mixing and byproduct of colonialism. And y'all being this tolerant of white folks, oh, okay, y'all are lighter than that, so the game is different for y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But uh, I just feel like there, there's a point that, like, that, that the Latino community that are Anglo-Latino need to wake up. I understand you guys are white on the census, and that's great, and I support you being white on the census. But when they pull you over, they never look at you as a white Latino. They look at you as somebody who, who, speaks, who possibly speaks Spanish. You have a bit of an accent. They're not looking at you that way. They're not. Mm-hmm. And for someone mm-hmm. like me who, who's worked in the service industry since he was 17, I have worked with a ton of immigrants. I know what they experience. I know what they see and what they feel. And mm-hmm. it's rough when you are trying to get here, to get to this country, to send money back to your family to supply. Like, I, like I, I remember distinctly working with men who families were all back in their native country, and all they're doing is, like, literally working to send them money. Send money back, and, yeah. And, 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 and may never see them for, for like, until the time that they're, like, their work visa expires, have to go back for six months and then come back. But even then, it's, like, they, they may not go back for a while or whatever. Well, I've seen them, like, use and share Social Security numbers to get each other jobs. I've seen a lot of shit, especially in the service industry. So I'm immensely sympathetic to what immigrants go through in this country. And also, like, the thing, too, is, like, you would think there'd be some, there'd some, there'd be some cognitive dissonance because the ICE internment camps are generally full of black and brown people. They're not full of, like, you don't see any Russians or, or Finnish or Dutch people in there. Right. Mm-hmm. His whole wife was an old immigrant, and we still know how Melania got here and got away with her. Uh, so I was like, I'm just, I'm just like, when are y'all going to wake up to this shit? Like, he's not an ally. And, and, the, and the way that, the way that while, while cancel culture is not a real thing, um, totality, um, cancel culture is, is, is an individual experience. It's not a group experience. Um, huh. But there are starting to become real penalties right now for being problematic, and your business may suffer because of it. Especially with the crash economy right now, like, this is the best time either, like, be on the right side of history or just don't say anything at all. And sometimes it's just better not to say a damn thing at all. Like, please. Like, I don't think that, I would think that people would pay attention, like, read the fucking room. There's been enough people that have gotten online and said something really stupid, and the girls have went and found everything about your ass, got back to your job, your, your um, educational institution, got back to your baby mama on some shit you didn't want her to know, and ruined all that shit. Like, it would behoove you to just shut the fuck up. Come on, behoove. That's it. I'm talking mm-hmm. to you. You're going to be correct. I'm just working that out there. She really annoying. But, yeah. Let's go after anger. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, real quick before we get into this, um, this is actually happening right now. There was an explosion on board a ship at a U.S. naval base in San Diego, and several were injured. So it's unclear as far as to what happened um, or how what caused it, but that's something that's actually happening right now. So with that being said, it's... Time. Yes, and it's time for Entanglement. No, 
No. Oh, wow. Tangle gay. It's time to entangle, entangle mix. No. No. It's time for, no. it's time for us to be entangled. No. It's time for us to be in those messy entangled situations. No. It's time for the girls to just be messy and be proud side pieces. It's time for First of all, we are not. I just want to put a disclaimer out there right now. We are not about to make this about Will, Jada, and all this stuff. So we're not going to do that. It's time for Entangled Games. We are speaking. We are speaking about polyamory today. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> and despite the current turn of events, we're not going into all that. Um, so uh, we've wanted to have this conversation for quite a while now. Yes. Um, and we've actually been waiting to have um, a guest that will not only fill the conversation but not come from a very biased state. Yes. Um, I have always admired, adored, and really honored Henry's perspective on all things sex positivity, relationship positivity, and things like that. Um, and I thought that it was only right to have him on the show to have this conversation with. Um, so, Henry, again, thank you so much for being here with thank us today. Thank you. Take a time. I have a Absolutely. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So uh, we're just going to do a little round robin of questions, and we'll all just jump in and give our piece on it as we kind of delve into um, all things polyamory and what it's all about. I think so that the listeners that have a better understanding, I think we need to identify where we stand in this. Okay. So we can already, we can jump in and kick it off, and each of us can give our stance on polyamory. Yes. So. Um, I am monogamous, however, I am not close to the idea of polyamory. Okay. Um, I will keep some of myself a dozen two people in open relationships anymore. Okay. So, that's what I think. And let's be clear, there's a difference between an open relationship and a polyamorous relationship. Very. But we'll get to that later. Um, I identify as a polyamorous person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in a polyamorous relationship. And Henry, what's your stance? Um, I um, <laughs> um <laughs> I, I will be very open and honest about that. I I have identified as a sexually non monogamous person. Um I was in a sexually non monogamous relationship for almost six years. Um I'm not anti monogamy. Uh, I am not anti polyamory. Um, but I find that sexual monogamy, sexual non-monogamy works better for me. Okay. But I find that everyone is different, and that's okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay, perfect. So with that being said, I think my first question will probably, uh, this is a good segue into my first question, into why do we think the discussion around polyamory is so prevalent right now? Well, they because this is not a conversation that we were having, I'll say, probably eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that we really had the language. I mean, it was probably there, but it's not something that was being discussed 
as openly as it is right now. So I feel like, hold on, before we get there, can we please find a, what you're saying that, can we please draw this line? I want to draw this disclaimer. This has nothing to do with polygamy in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Because you cannot have the conversation with Holly Emily without letting people know. Polygamy is completely a different beast in itself. Yes. Do you want me? Do you, do you want me to give? Do you want me to give some textbook definitions real quick to help the people? Go for yes, it. please. Okay, so let's run through this real quick. Okay, children. All right, yeah. I'm gonna try to be quick, and this is loaded, so I'm gonna be quick. Monogamy mm-hmm. is an agreement of a sexual, physical—I'm sorry, sexual, romantic, financial, and spiritual agreement between two people. There's only complete monogamy in those four factors amongst that relationship. Now, where the line starts to blur is when you have sexual non-monogamy, which I am a sexual non-monogamist. So in my relationship, I have financial, spiritual, and romantic monogamy, but sexually, we both are allowed to explore with other people. When you get down to thruples, thruples are usually a, a triad of a, of a relationship. It's three people, and they may more than likely practice monogamy amongst the three of them which means they will have financial, spiritual, sexual, and romantic monogamy amongst them. When you get to polyamory, there are ebbs and flows of romantic, spiritual, sexual, and financial monogamy amongst the group. There's generally a prime partner who has a prime relationship where they both may go out and date, sleep, and be with other people. Now, let me quickly explain the four types of monogamy. Sexual monogamy is exactly what it is. You are being right. you are being physically committed to one person with your body. You are only having mm-hmm. sex with this person, and this is the only person that you both are having sex with, which is each other. Financial monogamy is when you your money that you make and that you create is only shared into the house that you both share, which includes mm-hmm. your children and other members of your family. And that's it. Usually in financial monogamy, there are agreements how money is spent. A violation of sexual monogamy, let me bring it back real quick, a violation of sexual monogamy is cheating without conversation. That is, mm-hmm. that is what that is. Financial monogamy violations usually are around you because a lot of y'all are guilty of this, and this is why financial monogamy for me is much more of a trigger than sexual monogamy is because a lot of y'all have these little work wives and work husbands that y'all love buying lunch for. Why the fuck are you out at a bar buying these motherfuckers drinks when the bills ain't paid on time? That's Ooh. the question. Spiritual monogamy comes down to being aware and taking care of the spiritual energy that the person that you are sharing a relationship with. So being very aware where they stand spiritually and making sure that you are feeding them spiritually, make sure that they are okay. Violations of spiritual monogamy are getting romantically, will get emotionally, and get spiritually entangled. Hate using that word now. Getting spiritually yeah. entangled, taking care of people's spiritual energies and spaces that are not your prime partner and not your personal partner. Mm. Now, when you get down to romantic monogamy, romantic monogamy is basically that you share romantic energy with you and another person. So that's dating and 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 heavy petting and sharing time and gift giving. Those things are around romantic monogamy. Violations are gifting people that you have romantic or loving interest in that is not 
within the consent or understanding of the partner that you share a relationship with. So that's a violation. Once again, you niggas with your work wives and work husbands who like to buy Sandra lunch. Oh, oh, I saw that blouse that Sandra liked 18 weeks on our lunch break. I'm going to buy that for her. You know, good goddamn well that it's not in the budget for the month. And because you, you fancy Sandra a little bit, because most Sandras are sluts. Oh, yeah. But there are violations, and I think people don't understand that monogamy is very layered. So what Gata and Will went through, which we will get into, is very layered. It's not just what we saw in that red table talk. I can break it down for you folks. But this will be made for me. Right. My table's lying brain. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so with all the definitions on the table, why do we think the discussion around polyamory is so prevalent now? In Daniel Gage? <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it out there to real tea. I'll put it out there to real tea. The reason why it's out there is because once again, the Black LGBTQ community is pioneering conversations around sex education, sexual information, and sexual knowledge. And without mm-hmm. us to have these conversations, like I have had openly on several platforms that we would not be here. Straight people do not have the capacity nor the will-how or know-how to be open to other dynamics of love because for queer folks, we kind of set our own precedent and our own rules. So for straight people, they're kind of stuck in a lot of Judeo-Christian heteronormative ideologies about how their love has to present. We're not taught in those boundaries. So we, once again, are setting the standard. While they hate us, we are still setting the standards. This is true. I, you know, it's, it's really interesting to say that because, like, I don't recall a time where we were having this conversation when it didn't have something to do with or wasn't spawned by queer people. Um, and it seems like now, you know, when we develop, as we, like, get further along in the years, we're developing more and more language to explain, to um, kind of give light to different ways of living instead of going along this kind of like monolithic viewpoint of how life is supposed to be. Like, we think all that bullshit. There's more than one way to skin a fucking cat. Like, we have to stop this. So I feel like now, because we have the language for it and because we are on the forefront and saying, hey, but you're not gonna tell you're not only not gonna tell me how to love, you're not gonna tell me who I can and cannot love to. I mean damn. So I feel like that's a large part of the reason why we're having this conversation right now. And why it's so prevalent now and it wasn't before. So, I think also people are in a space right now where they and I think the thing that happens when you reach a certain age sometimes is that love becomes less about what people think or how people look. It's more so like what do you need to maintain your happiness and how do you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. And I suggest to people every time that when they are building relationships, that you build the kingdom that you want to see for you and your partner. Don't give a yeah. fuck about what they need to doing. You build the foundation that you need to, to put your castle on. And if your castle looks this way, that is your castle. What you do in your castle is is your business. What you do in your kingdom is your business. And I think people are getting to a point, especially that, like, 
for especially like millennials, um, there's less of a focus on love and more of a of a of a focus on stability. So mm-hmm. we are looking towards love later than sooner. Now you may see a little cute um couple or eight once in a while on Twitter. We're like, we bought a house and we're twelve, yay, we bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, that's cute and that's and, and, and I and I and I have hope for you. You know, you you like to like that I I call that couple that's like they like twenty two and twenty five. <sighs> I, I'm not saying that people are like 25 and great partners, but a lot of shit happens between 25 to 35, and I'm 40. So I would tell you from experience that a lot of shit changes. Oh, wow. I'm not saying that it can't weather the storm, but if you are not building the right foundation and communication patterns to weather that storm, you're going to fail, period. That's it. Um, That's it. So you buy, you buy a house. Oh, my God. You buy a house. Means nothing, but you sit in the motherfucking courtroom. You got to figure out what to do with that motherfucker because y'all not together no more. But anyhow, that's another situation. Divorce rate still being fifty percent. Um, but I think that like millennials are much more focused on let me get my shit together right now, and we can talk about kids, married, marriage, and babies at thirty. Also, technology has changed where you can freeze your eggs or have a surrogate, whatever you want to do. It's it's not frowned upon to be thirty and, and becoming a new mother. It's not frowned upon to be forty and becoming a new mother. Um, I do feel like there's still some social social constructs that make social construct that make things like that uncomfortable. But mm. I do feel like millennials are really changing how love is presenting right now versus our grandparents and my grandparents who met at eighteen and nineteen and were together forever. Mm. And and I think that like people are allowing themselves room to learn who they are before they step into that realm of marriage. And that's okay. And I'm, yeah. and I'm actually more here for you have a comprehensive understanding of who you are versus trying to comprehensively understand who you are within a relationship, which is much more hellish. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really like the Will, the Will and Jada thing, which, which I'll be very honest. I just watched it this morning only because I was fleeting. I was going to a man's house. And I only watched it because I was fleeting. I needed some background noise. Because, like, you know, these everybody talking about on Sunday. Like, a little white noise, you know, between flushes. I get it. Let's see what the motherfuckers are really talking about. Um, you know. But when, they, but when they talked about it, I was really, I, I was, I was really moved by what they were saying. But I think people, um, also are responding with the tools and expertise that they have around their own love lives and their own insecurities and not mm. being able to have the perspective to understand the truth that Will and Jada have revealed to each other in their experience of love. And mm. when we and when we stop trying to put ourselves in people's shoes and just be a voyeur and watch them, take notes, learn, versus trying to judge so vehemently and so quickly that's where the growth happens. I think people don't want to do that. People want to hold on to their um, their Judeo-Christian ideologies, which I think is really strange for black folks who are the slaves, who are also from um, polytheistic groups, not monotheistic groups. But that's fine. 
that you feel that way. If you want to be a Christian so hard, which was given to you by colonialism, not given to you by your ancestors. But I understand. I mean, you don't have to hold on to that. That has been placed upon you against your will. I get it. But right. at the end of the day, there is another way. And it's okay right. to critically think about the love that you think and that you know that you deserve. Well, Sorry. see it. I mean, I, you know, it's really interesting because I, I had this conversation last night. <laughs> Talk about it, Jeep. Um, we're in a room where, just for clarity, uh, we were probably at a capacity of 85 to 90% straight folk. Um, and we had one very determined, he is my friend, but he was a determined straight man last night. Um, mm-hmm. Also very drunk, but that's okay. It's okay. Brother had some of his mind. Um, but it's interesting to bring perspectives into the room and kind of get people like some, <laughs> like, some very basic views on relationships that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. Because one of the first things that I brought up, because this whole Will and Jada thing has gotten so many people's feathers ruffled, and I'm still trying to figure out why everybody is so pressed about this relationship that they don't have anything anything to do with it all. Ain't nobody fucking sucking their finances with either one of them. Not even mm-hmm. them, you know, but everybody is so invested. I don't think I'm a lot of it. I'm just going to say that and let it go. You just get to the dick and it's okay. Um, first of all, <laughs> it's all right. This is going to call state to state. Um, but, like, as I was saying last night, something and, like, to kind of, like, boomerang back the point that you put out, something that I said was, like, when you're in a relationship with a person, your relationship is between you and that person. So what works for you and that person is all that should ever be paramount. My ideas about your relationship, the world's ideas about your relationship means shit because you have to live with that person. I don't. So why am I so invested and worried about what the fuck y'all got going on if I'm not in that, I'm not in that dynamic? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, it's like another point that I didn't bring up last night that I don't think people realize is that we often – more often than not, dehumanize each other when it comes to romantic relationships. Because the reality of the matter is, is that I am a fool to believe that when I get into a relationship with somebody, that I'm the that my partner then becomes blind to the world, and that I'm the only person that they see, the only attractive person that they see, the only person that they will ever be drawn to, the only person they will ever have any kind of connection with that is foolish, it is dumb, and people need to stop it. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, relationships do not mean ownership. Something else I brought up last night is that a lot of people need to stop dating from a state of competition. Everybody gets mm. into relationships, and they want to do this whole, well, I don't want to compete with this, and oh, I don't want you talking to that bitch because he's better than mine, or I don't want you talking to that nigga because he goes to the gym every three times a week. Like, why can't you focus on what it is that you bring to the table and keep serving that food for me because I'm eating it because you gave it to me and I'm still here? Right. I don't understand that. I don't get that. Like, if people would stop doing that, I believe that they will be in much healthier and much more successful relationships. Also understanding that the success of a relationship is not determined by longevity because time means nothing. 
the success of your relationship is the inception of our relationship when we decided that we were going to deal with each other to the point where we found out whether, A, we work together and we want to continue this, or, B, mm-hmm. after reviewing all of my clip notes and saying that I don't like that you leave your socks on the floor, your sex is not great, and you like pork chops and I like turkey chops, we can't go further with it. Boom. We're good. We've agreed, and we can part ways. There's too many people out here that are, we keep dispensing, like, these broken souls into the atmosphere that are taking all this baggage onto the next situation, and we keep recycling this shit. Why can't right. we have a conversation about what we're doing as a couple? Because at the end of the day, if we can't, you cannot heal what you can't see. If what's going on between us, there's something in the room and we're not going to acknowledge that shit, it's going to stay there. Talk about it. Mm. And I've not always been the greatest at that. I don't profess to be always the greatest at that, but I've grown to learn and understand that point. People have to understand, listen, you got to work on your shit with your book. Black the fuck out. And if you can't do that, then move the fuck on. I think people, I think, I think the thing that happens in, in all interpersonal relationships, and I had a conversation with a good girlfriend of mine, um, Sadata, I love you. Um, and the problem that she's that she presented to me is that people are not willing to do the same emotional labor that you're willing to do in a relationship. Exactly. And well, if you're not working with me to do the same emotional labor that I'm pouring into this relationship, we've already failed. Yeah. And the thing about uh, the thing about Will and Jada in particular is that they both are willing to do the same emotional labor to support their interpersonal relationship, regardless yeah. if it's romantic or not. And they're not doing it for the kids, which I appreciate. And, and that's where a lot of um, that's where a lot of straight folks get caught up, is because they think that kids create a bond and that time served equals loyalty, and it doesn't. And it's always a problem sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone and they are not willing to meet you the same way. And that's and that's where that that. I think, and I think that's where that term "two will be equally yoked" becomes a little bit misleading. People think that mm-hmm. equally yoked things about like, oh, we both got degrees, we both have the same access to wealth, we both have the same access to certain things, we both look a certain way, whatever. Be equally yoked is really, to me, we should be able to be able to pull the same emotional labor in this relationship. And a lot of people are not yeah. willing to pull the same emotional labor. That's why that's why specifically with with cisgender heterosexual couples, that's why women sit so miserable for so long because the truth of the matter is, and this one, and this young lady on Twitter said it somewhere in a video, that women love too soon and men love entirely too late. And when we get to the point that we start to challenge people in our spaces and that they have to be vetted to be with us. And this is why I love me some Eartha Kitt. And she said very clearly, compromise for what? What am I compromising? Hmm. To have you in my space? For what, for what? I have to surrender what something to be with you. When you love me and you fell for me because of the whole person I was, but I got to surrender something to be with you. That's not love. That's an inconvenience. Hmm. And when we get there and we start having that language, and, this is, and, and to be frankly honest, this is a lot of the reasons why I'm still single now, post my breakup, is because I know a lot of these niggas will never pull the emotional labor that I'm willing to put into a relationship. 
<laughs> and I'm very much okay with being single until these niggas are willing to, take, to pull the same emotional labor that I pull in a relationship. And I'm not asking a nigga to walk into a relationship being rich. I'm not asking him to have it all. All I'm asking for him to come in this relationship with is the emotional intelligence and to be stable in his own shit, not mine. Yeah. I have stability. I don't need you to make me stable. You don't, you don't complete me. You compliment me. Let's be very clear. Thank you. And Thank I think you. that we really get to that point that, that a relationship is about complimenting and sharing each other's happiness. And joy and just enjoy. Jada and, and Will have said it several times, but it's about me sharing my happiness with you, not me trying to make you happy. Exactly. Because you are in control of your own happiness. But I think that it's this misleading thing of people being servants, but not in service to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem happens. Right. Yeah. And because of the way I think, and I say this very proudly, because of the way I think, this is why I keep me single for another year, until I can meet someone that has the same emotional intelligence and emotional, and willing to do the same emotional labor that I'm willing to do. And I'm okay with that. And even with my, even with my former partner, because I literally like call him my ex, because we're still friends. So even with my former partner, when we split, it was very amicable. We both understood that we were not going to do the same emotional labor for the other person. Right. And that's okay. And yeah. there was some hard feelings in the beginning because I was the one that broke it off. And I think accountability mm-hmm. feelings because I do I still love and respect him. I take accountability for that. But I think that there's this point in this line where we have to stop thinking that because we're in a relationship that we owe each other something, or because I was I I, I took care I took care of X Y and Z that I deserve A B and C. Right. It's like if I love you, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it anyway. If, right. I, if I want you, if I want you to, if I want you here, I'm gonna do it anyway. But I think people don't realize. I think people. Um, are too transactional in their relationships versus just enjoying the experience and just loving the other person and also loving the person the person unconditionally because a lot of y'all are in conditional relationships and don't know it. Well, and that's okay. But I think it should be acknowledged. And I think yeah. also people are not having comprehensive conversations on what for better or for worse looks like. Mm. Some of y'all aren't built for it. And I'm not completely built for it either sometimes, depending right. on the circumstances. But I think people need to be very honest with each other about what they really want. And the thing that I think that we fail in relationships, in general with any of us, is that people do not facilitate spaces of honesty. Y'all make me a liar so much that I hate it. That's why I don't date. Mm. Don't make me a liar to protect your feelings. Do you want me to tell you the ugly truth or a pretty lie? Sure. I'm a Pisces, baby. I can lie, and I can lie well. <laughs> I, I know I know how terrible my people are. We are great liars, and we're great at hiding secrets and hiding truths and telling you what you need to know, not what you need, not not what you, not what you deserve to know. Right. I'm very good at a half truth, and for most Pisces, an admission of, the admission of a truth is not a lie for a Pisces. Yeah because I'm protecting you because you want me to lie to you. 
and that makes me nervous. But that's another conversation. And I think <laughs> I, respect I respect Will and Jada for not making each other liars. Because sometimes people make their other partner a liar. This is why, like, and, I, and to be frankly honest, like especially with, with, with straight couples, a lot of them would be more monogamous or more polyamorous or more sexually non-monogamous because not saying all men are naturally, are, are naturally able to hold their dick in their hands. I'm not saying that. But mm-hmm. I do feel like there is an inherent curiosity to fuck another person. I mean, we all would be lying if we all sat here and be like, if whoever your favorite celebrity is, mine is Aldous Hodge. If Aldous Hodge walked in here and Bay was in here, we was monogamous, and Aldous Hodge was whipped, whipped out that thing, it was like, look, you don't get this meal or what? Aldous is a day, day. I love you, but I'm going to go sit on Aldous' dick for a little bit. Um, it don't mean I don't I don't value you any less. I don't appreciate you for the family, for the kids. So I'm gonna sit on all this dick real quick, and I know we're okay. I mean, fair, fair, but I think people written. That's also another thing about cheating too. That people don't realize that cheating isn't isn't about completely about you don't love the person. Motherfuckers are curious. Human beings are flawed creatures. You expect me to stay and be with somebody and eat McDonald's every day and not crave a little bit of Chipotle? <laughs> not look at Chipotle, not walk, not walk past. That's why niggas still watch porn when they're in relationships. If, if we if we were realistically supposed to be sustained by our partners, we would have no desire to look at other people when we're out. And 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 and, and also the the other piece of it is that people don't make agreements in relationships about what their monogamy looks like. When I was with my with my former partner, we had a distinct and clear conversation about what the sexual non-monogamy would look like, what were the rules, what was not allowed, what was allowed. But people don't realize that you have to make rules in monogamy too because that person may think that Joe Schmo, 22, NYC, commenting on your Instagram is cheating. Yeah. The other person may think that you getting help from a female customer service worker is cheating. Or a violation. You know, even, those things, even those things are rooted in insecurity, um, religious uh, listen, generations and generations of unresolved hurt, pain, um, infidelity, and a whole bunch of other shit. But that's another story I've got to So, with that being said, I think you I do, because we done went all the way off. Um, <laughs> so as it pertains to the gay community, do you think there are people within the gay community that claim polyamory but aren't clear on what it really is? I think, do you think the people are I think I'm going to start by saying they need to, they need to really understand where open completely opposite from polyamory. Mm-hmm. And that's where the actual divide starts. It's because no one understands this too. Well, I think that there are a lot of queer folk out there, particularly what I've learned, what I've seen from gay men, mm-hmm. um, that believe that polyamory is this code word to open the cheek. Uh-huh. Is, that's, mm-hmm. that's not what that is. That's not what that means. 
It's not. It's not. Um, if you want to have an open relationship, open it sexually, then you say that. But that, my friend, is not necessarily polyamorous. So I, I think that it's one of those things where um, some of us are using polyamory as a gateway to go out here and do what the fuck you want to do and feel like you have no consequences anymore for it. And the unhealthy part about that is that a lot of people who feel that way um, are also, as Henry was saying, don't have the emotional capacity to have a conversation where there are guidelines and agreement to how this looks. I mean, agree, emphasis on agreement. Yeah. There has to be conversation. Heavy emphasis on agreement. <laughs> High emphasis on agreement. That's crazy. Henry, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I think that like our people are still um compromised by colonialism. And mm-hmm. a lot of the things around that is was where the problem sits sometimes. Um and and also another problem becomes we don't have many queer examples of our love, of our love lives. And part of that the real tea is the part of that is because of the HIV AIDS defamation of the 80s, which killed a lot of our um, our gay brothers and sisters. So we've never like we were we were cut in the middle, and there's this great area of like our relationships and lifestyle and love that we never got to see. We're like probably like 10 years off, to be frankly honest. Okay. And because of those things. You know what do we what do we look like? Like the, the process of us growing and learning stopped because of HIV stigma in our community. So love had to manifest in different ways. And those mm-hmm. couples who survived the, the HIV AIDS um, pandemic because it wasn't an epidemic um, oh. pandemic that okay. they all like got in their corners and hid. And no one really saw that. Like, and and that's like that, and, and that's perhaps that's like for like like Atlanta's ancestors. So you go down to Atlanta, you don't see a lot of gay couples nowhere. Not because they don't exist, it's because they can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, while while I celebrate Black queer love and I love to see it, um, a lot of us don't like to share it. Contrary to, contrary to the idea of all these like these social media pop popcorn couples, they're real cute. Um, but the truth of the matter is that the couples that really value each other and value their relationship don't trust us enough to share share themselves with us. And I and I get that. But at some point we need to see each other more in our fullness and our reality versus these um, crappy challenges and these selfies that only denote a moment in time. Um, yeah. not, also, not just in social media, but in regular media, television, we just can't keep on a logo to see us. Right. And it also conflates polyamory with polygamy, and it conflates polyamory with cheating. And I, and anybody who's dealt in polyamory like you do, you understand very much so that it is definitely a system based on agreement. You're not yeah. just saying, oh, 
well, I'm going to go out and fuck some ass tonight. I'll be back later. It's not that. There are rules. There are boundaries. There are times and places for shit. Like, you just don't do certain things. Like, it's not allowed. And I think that's right. with, 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 it's really misleading. But I think also people are um, um, willfully ignorant and mm. self-education. And, 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 it, and this digital age is really weird to me. Like, all you got to do is pick up your damn Everybody has an encyclopedia in their hand. Everybody has it in their hand. It's called a smartphone. A light Google search will really save you about 10 minutes on Twitter. Don't ask me on Twitter what you think about polyamory. How about you just go Google and mind your business? You're not asking the question for real education. You're asking the question to harm and disenfranchise those people who are in those relationships. Right. But I think that, like, we need. I think. I think as a whole, as a, as a community, um, we just need to really just. Um, we we need to want to do better, and I think that, like, and I think I think people all the time. I'm not in the business of changing minds. I'm not in the business of, of changing your heart. All I do is plant seeds. If the seed bears fruit and grows, great. If not, great. Right. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Okay, I'm gonna give us one more question and then we're gonna wrap things up. Um, so, do you believe that poly relationships are healthy? What are some of the pros and cons for you as it pertains to polyamorous relationships? See, I'm not a better one, guys. I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, well, I, being someone that it is, I believe that it is. Uh-huh. Um, a healthy form of relationship. I, I understand and recognize that it's not for everyone. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that it's healthy in the sense that there's a sense of freedom and accountability that come along with being poly um, that you don't normally get in monogamous relationships. And I say that because there's a level of communication that you have to have in order to have success in a polyamorous relationship that doesn't always happen in monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of boundaries that have to be set. There are lots of agreements that have to happen. Um, you can't afford to be emotionally ambiguous in polyamorous relationships because it won't last. It just won't. You know, if you it, it literally is a put up or shut up type of situation. You have to come into it knowing what you want, knowing what it is that you seek out of the situation and being able to come to your partner, say those things, come to the middle, hear your partner out, and then you all work out what works for you based on those agreements. I can't be a No. Wow. No, you can't, Samantha. You can't. First of all. You can't. First of all. You can't. Um and this is why I'm specifically sexually non monogamous. I don't have the financial or emotional bandwidth to be polyamorous. Gotcha. Um I support my friends who are polyamorous who can manage all those several interpersonal relationships. But my emotional nature, I have to, I, I like to give and take care of people that I love. 
gotcha. and it's much easier for me to do that in friendships because they're not every they don't need to be taken care of as much every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in romantic love and your romantic spaces with people, those things need to be um, taken care of on a regular basis. And right. I just don't have the emotional financial bandwidth to take care of more than one person. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I think I think polyamory is great if I had the bandwidth. I just don't. Now my pussy <laughs> has the bandwidth. Wow. My pussy's had the bandwidth since 1980. She's had the bandwidth since. She is the moment. That's but, it. She is the Wi-Fi. Right, exactly. She is 5G. She got the girls nervous. But I just just can't. I just, I don't have, and that's why I was like breaking down the four parts of monogamy, and that's why I don't work well in polyamory. Now, if I I met a guy who, okay, let's let's take you and I, Samson. Let's say Mm -hmm. we met and and we were dating, and you, of course, have a prime partner. Right. You will more likely be my prime partner, and I will be sexually non-monogamous with other people. But when it comes out to my romantic duties, I will only give them to you. Mm-hmm. Now I'm okay, and this, this this is the crazy part. I'm okay with my partner being polyamorous. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that because that's his piece. Right. That's not my problem. That's his right. piece. But right. when it comes out to my piece, my piece is operating that way. But my partner was like, you know, I'm dating this other person, dating this other person. Great. Are you happy? Do you sleep well at night? That's Can you it. your grades with this? That's fine. I'm great. As long as you're peaceful with it, I'm fine. But I know that when I need my romantic feelings, I get that from you. And I'm okay with that. If I'm just getting mm-hmm. that just from you, my financial stability is coming from you. But more yeah. likely, you probably wouldn't be living together because you have your prime partner. We'll just be we'll be in a, in in a relationship. But I'll just be like, you know, when I want to when I want a date night, and I want to go bowling, and I want to do this, I want to travel. I'm taking right. you with me. Exactly. I spend my coin on you. These other niggas is getting pussy. They're not getting coin. When I fry my chicken, I see my crab legs, and I make my mashed potatoes, my homemade French fries, a little bit of green green beans, collard greens, sweet potatoes, macaroni and tuna. I do that for you because cause you are my prime partner, but I would never give that to oh, I can't lie. I've given fried chicken to other niggas. You can't fuck with this and not lose some um, electrolytes and calories. I got a repellent sheet after you've been in my, in my coochie. So I know what I do. But at the end of the day, I will make sure that you have what you need and that you are whole in what we have. But I can't support it in my own personal life. I just can't. I don't have the bandwidth. I mean, I ain't gonna say nobody. The only the only reason why I can't fully entertain like a poly relationship is my Okay. I don't know, but last time I said that mine right there and you try to touch mine right there. <laughs> I got a problem with that right there. Oh Lord. And that's so good. And that is my business thing. <laughs> All right, y'all. So this has been a fantastic conversation. We could probably go on for hours and hours, but we ain't gonna hold y'all up like that. Um, so before we go, we need to have two things happen. Um, first, Henry, what we do on our show is at the end of every show, we give our audience our own personal mental health tips to take from the episode. 
So we're going to go around the table, and each of us will give a mental health tip for the audience. Whatever you feel, whatever is on your spirit, spirit to tell some people for them to take and enhance their lives, you let them know what it is. So that's how we handle that. So who would like to go first? Think it would be me. Yes, Bonnie, go. Why don't you meditate? I had had a week. It's been a week. And I had to find time to meditate today. Um, no matter what your meditation may look like. It may be spacing out, it may be sitting here with your actual singing bowl. Whatever you do to try and be basically try to calm yourself down, find the time to meditate. Very good. Find it. I like that. I like that. Henry, do you have one? Um, yeah. Um, I would definitely say um a few things. Definitely, um, it's okay to journal your feelings. Um, yeah. I will plug. I will. I will plug. Um, my best friend's book. My my best girlfriend wrote a book called The Tiny Book of Prayers. Um, her mm. name is Reagan Madness. Her Instagram is Vermilion Pearl. V E R M I. L L I O N P E A R L. Um mm-hmm. we have a prayer journal that's been really helpful for me to get through when I'm having this rough time through quarantine. I will always yeah. say make love and make room for yourself. Indulge your inner child and I say this completely with my whole chest and I'll say this lightly. Stop fucking make love sometimes. Word. I like that. I like all of that. I love that. Um, my mental health tip for the week is two things. Come on, man. Love for you and your partner, and you and your partner only. And fuck for your own enjoyment. Do what you got Uh to do to get what you got to get on your time. Stop fucking for other folks. Fuck for your own enjoyment. Fuck for your nuts, Okay. I guarantee you it will be a whole lot better. I guarantee you have a whole lot more fun. Fuck for your own enjoyment. And love on who you love and all. Be a one, two, three, four, five, or whatever. And can I please add to Marlon's to complete enjoyment? Um, I'm speaking mainly for um, the selfish mothers out there. If your partner ain't get their nut, your job ain't done, bitch. <laughs> I ask that over there. There's no need for you to be stopping what you're doing. If I didn't get mine, then you won't be getting yours again. Oh, make sure I got what I needed from this. Thank you very much. Period. I just want to put it out there. Whoever was in my friend's palace and did not finish the job, don't do that shit in my mouth. Ever the fuck again. All right, because that, that, that was very pointed. That was very pointed. Okay. If you went between the meat locker bitch and you ain't finished the job, you're on my shit list. Don't do that to my friend no more. Bottom nuts matter. Don't it, don't. Say that, bitch. Yeah. All right. Um. So before we leave out. Yes. A scripture. I love you so much. Thank you so, Thank you so much. much for for taking I love y'all. Listen, let me tell y'all something. You have, first of all, Henry is just everything on so many levels. He's a wealth of knowledge, a beautiful, beautiful soul, a wonderful being. The brother knows what he's talking about. He's got so many things going on. I could say it, but I really want you, Henry, to let the people know where they can find you, 
Tell them about your podcast. I have booked yes. the first episode. I cannot wait to listen to more. Tell them about things you have coming up so they know where to find you. Please. Um, my um, name is Henry. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the identity just X Henry, J U S T, the letter X H E N R Y. Um, currently, I'm writing a sex column weekly called Freaky Friday at Soul S O U L E dot L G B T. Um, and my columns are every Friday. I also do Hump Day Tips via the Soul dot the Soul L G B T Instagram. And I have a podcast called Every Inch Matters, where we have conversations around body body positivity of specific groups in black LGBTQ spaces. The show is twice a month, and you can find me there just talking about the thing that I love the most, sex. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Henry, thank you so much, Boo. I love you. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to our ratchet ramblings today. We appreciate all of you guys, and we will see you next week. Until next time, bye. Bye.